everyone. Welcome. It is episode number 100. And if you've just noticed I didn't do my normal like intro thing, it's a little bit of a change up. And that's because we have some special announcements for episode 100 and a spe- some special things dropping. The first big thing is that we are rebranding the podcast. Not a huge rebrand, but just making it a little bit simpler. We've been the Doctors of Running Virtual Roundtable for since the inception of this whole thing, we're just switching it to the Doctors of Running podcast. So moving forward, you're going to find us for, you know, under anything that you search, it's just going to be Doctors of Running podcast. We've got a new logo that'll be rolling out. Just kind of fun to switch it up a little bit, clean things up and make things a little simpler. We're still going to be doing the roundtable format where we're always chatting with one another and inviting more people into the conversation, keeping this as authentic as possible. But that is one of the big changes coming with episode 100. So welcome to the Doctors of Running podcast, a podcast where we discuss the art and science of running and the stuff that we put on our feet. And there are more things that I want to do before we jump in. And the first thing I really want to do is just also announce that we're going to be exclusively covering bucket hat content from now on. If you're watching on YouTube, you just can see that David and I got our bucket hat type things going on. Just kidding. And ironically, of all the people that really needed the bucket hat, I did not bring mine today because I'm up in the mountains. So. <laughs> so, no, that's a joke. But I do want to first start with some acknowledgments. And one of the big thing, one of the big people that I want to thank for this year, we brought on BJ, and he has been our audio engineer starting in January. And if you are watching on YouTube, you don't get to hear the magic that he does. But if you're listening to the audio version and have listened to us since the beginning, you know the huge change that has happened since he joined us. So we just have a huge thanks for him because he does all of the producing and cutting. And we actually don't cut that much, but he just cleans up some of the splices here and there. And we're just thankful to have him on our team coordinating everything. He's taken a lot of work off of our plates, and it really helps this thing move forward. We also have to thank our fearless leader, Matt Klein. Thank you for, you know, just getting this whole thing going from the get-go back in, what was the first year you started writing Klein oh my DPT? Goodness. 2014? I think, I think it was 2014, yes. 2014, and, yeah. and now to see where we are now has been been really cool, so so thank you for, for join, having us join the team. Obviously, thank you, DJ, as well. You've been an awesome person to work with and for putting up with me. Uh, it's It's been a lot of fun. The other person we really want to thank is Bach Fom, uh, and he is our media wizard. He's the one who, if you've heard of us, it's because of him. He gets everything pushed out there. So just really thankful to him. And for podcast specific, we want to thank all the sponsors we've had this year. So thanking specifically Running Warehouse and Carhu for jumping in on this with us. It really helps us. The time that this takes to make happen is actually quite a bit. And so sponsors like them really help make that time worth it and compensate us for that time. Uh, And the other people that help make that happen is you all by listening and just being engaged and leaving reviews. Uh, We just have to give a huge thank you to you because obviously if there was no one listening to this, there'd be no point. But you've wanted to hear what we've had to say about these topics. We've tried really hard to answer questions that you care about, bring in people to interview that you care about. So a huge thank you to you. And here's one huge way that we want to thank you for sticking with us. And it's a giveaway that we're doing for our 100th episode. Thanks to Running Warehouse. They are sponsoring this giveaway. And what you're going to be able to do is if you win this giveaway, you're going to basically win any pair of shoes that's in stock and under $200 on Running Warehouse. So we're giving away a free pair of shoes. So the only stipulations here is that you must be in the U.S., The shoe that you want must be in stock at Running Warehouse, and it must be less than $200. So it's not quite any shoe, but there are most shoes that come under $200, and we are giving one away to to the winner of this giveaway. And how you're going to be able to enter this is through our YouTube 
video. So if you are listening, this release we release on Wednesday. So if you're listening to this on a Wednesday or Thursday, hold tight. We release the video on Friday. So on Friday, which is going to be August 12th, we're going to release the video on YouTube. So if you're watching there right now, you can comment below uh, just that you've been listening and answer our subjective question. That'll enter you into the contest. If you're not a YouTuber and you haven't been on YouTube and you only use the um, audio version, what you can do is email us at doctorsofrunningpodcast at gmail.com with your answer to the subjective and that will also enter you. So again, we're going to release this video on August 12th. You can start entering that day by commenting on YouTube or sending us the email at doctorsofrunningpodcast at gmail.com. And the contest is going to stay open for a whole week. So all the way until August 19th, then we're going to close the contest. We'll contact whoever the winner is and probably announce it on YouTube and our media channels, probably on our stories on Instagram and stuff like that. So we'll contact you guys and we'll pick the winner on the 19th. So again, that's a huge way that we wanted to say thank you is by giving away a free pair of shoes to helping us get to 100 episodes. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, And the last thing that we wanted to announce for our 100th episode is we've had uh, a a surprising amount of people who want to support our work financially. Um, And like I said, there's a lot of time that we put into this stuff and your support uh, does help us continue to move forward. And so we've set up something called Coffee, K-O-F-I, so Coffee. And the idea of this is uh, it's an account that you can, quote, buy us a cup of coffee. So you can give a one-time donation of a couple bucks or as much as you want, or we're not demanding anything. So frankly, you don't have to give us anything. Uh, But there's been people who have been asking, are there ways we can give you money? So we did set this up and we'll put down in the show notes, we'll just put the link to it. And just a reminder that what you're giving does to Docs of Running, we give away the first 10% uh, to charitable organizations. We have uh, seven or eight people on our team and we rotate who gets to pick the organization that we are giving to every month. So 10% of anything that you give is going out of our outside of our organization to uh, help other causes going on both within and outside the running sphere. And then it just helps support what we're doing through paying equipment for the podcast. You know, we record on different software. It helps support that so we can keep trying to improve the quality of this stuff. It supports our team and the time that we put in and it helps us buy shoes that we don't get seated. So we can use those funds to buy shoes that we might not get seated that people are asking us to review. So if you're interested, and again, no need to do this if you don't want to, uh, but it's coffee, K-O- dash fi.com slash doctors of running, or you can just go to the coffee website and search for doctors of running. You'd find us. So more importantly, hopefully you win the pair of shoes and thank you all for being with us for a hundred episodes. Uh, and to enter, remember you have to write the subjective and the subjective for today is what's your favorite super shoe of 2022 so far, or the one that you're looking forward to trying the most. And Matt is chomping at the bit to talk. So, Matt, you go ahead. Just for those out there, for less than $200, you could get the SC Trainer from New Balance or the Speed 3, both of which are phenomenal. I I can't believe the SC Trainer is under $200. I still don't understand. I'm not complaining, but I still don't understand how. There's also shoes that are on sale from last year that are less than $200 that are, you know, like there's there's a lot of really good good shoes out there. So just uh, I'm excited to give. It's fun to be able to give away a pair of shoes. It's pretty exciting. What, if you guys think back over these 100 episodes, does it feel like 100 episodes to you? Or what's one reflection you have of the podcast specifically? I remember advocating for the podcast long before we had the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know, that's a pretty typical thing where DJ will introduce an idea maybe two years in advance. 
And then all of a sudden, someone else, a lot of times it's me, will be like, you know, it would be a great idea. This thing that DJ recommended like two years ago. Let's finally do it. (laughs) What do you got, Matt? It feels like we just started. I think it's just such a routine in my Sunday evening to just, this is what we do. You know, it's just, and it still feels like we just started this. So to be at a hundred episodes, but it's really cool to look back through some of that stuff of where we came from and the people we've got to interview and talk to have been kind enough to come on, whether it be from Saucony, Mizuno, New Balance, Carhu, like just the the people and ASICs as well as like everybody that has come on is that's really cool, you know, to be able to kind of talk and geek out and then also find out that those same people also listen to this and geek out at too is also, it was like really touching to know, Hey, we're contributing something people are listening to. So it's, yeah, it's kind of mind blowing. Um, just staying humble about it, but it's cool at the same time. In all seriousness, it has been pretty special to talk to a lot of these people and it's pretty cool when I get to talk to my patients about this too and be like, I never really thought I'd be talking to these people, at least in the speed or time frame that we have been able to do this. This has all grown pretty quick and it's been a pretty special thing to be a part of. And it's just been really cool to, to be able to talk to all these people, pick their brains and kind of just keep advancing footwear and, and geek out. Yeah. And I think some of the other people I've been really thankful to talk to are like Laurent Melzo and, you know, some of the other science researchers, like these people who are just in the lab all the time, who they just think different, right? Like you have people from different parts of the running industry and it's, it's been really eye opening to sit down with so many different types of minds in school right now. We just uh, talked a lot about social learning theory and there's a lot of tenets of social learning, but one of them is that you learn best when you're in co- in conversation with people who think differently from you. And I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I think that this has been one of those uh, experiences for me, you know, in a lot of ways, us three, you know, think somewhat similarly, but in other ways we do have different ideas about things and that's helped me grow uh, as a clinician. So thankful for you guys. And, um, and listening to Andrea as well, and she's been taking on a bigger role in the podcast as well. Just been super thankful for that. Okay, but now we're going to get into the topic for episode 100. There's really only one, one topic we could have done for episode 100, and it has to relate back to our subjective about super, super shoes in 2022. So there have been a lot of racing shoes that have dropped in the first half of this year. There's more that are coming, but we wanted to talk about some of the unique updates we want to rank our shoes, these shoes in terms of their stability, and we want to give you our personal favorites. So just to run through a quick list, this isn't exhaustive, but listen to some of these shoes. Metaspeed Edge Plus, Metaspeed Sky Plus, Audios Pro 3, Endorphin Pro 3, Carbon X3, SC Pacer, The Fast R, Hyperion Elite 3, Takumi Sen 8, Alpha Fly 2, Puma just had a mini release of their... Uh, what is it called? Oh my gosh. Deviate Elite. Which I admit they didn't have a size 10 and I'm sitting there going, should I get the 10 and a half? Should I not? <laughs> so there, there is a lot of shoes that have dropped in this first half. And we just really want to talk about a couple of them, highlight some. And again, obviously just talk about our favorites. So again, we like to talk about the art and the science of the stuff that we put on our feet. And that's definitely true when it comes to racing shoes. So let's start with that question about unique of the shoes that have dropped this year or are currently on the market, which one or two stick out for both of you as the most unique offering that kind of sits in this own category. I would say right now from a unique standpoint, I like what Puma did with the fast R having a dual density midsole and a decoupled midsole. So it's coupled strictly by the carbon fiber plate, very strong, 
steeply spooned out. EVA in the heel, um, Piba in the forefoot there. So you've got a basic traditional EVA there and a nitro elite up in the forefoot. You do have a little bit of torsional movement there, but it seems to tune pretty well with the shoe overall, and it's it's just a unique experience. Matt, what would you say? I would totally agree with David that the um, Fast Star, in terms of unique, it's it's not my favorite shoe, but it is definitely one of the most unique ones, and I definitely enjoyed my time in it. Just the way that... People are starting to think differently about how we're playing with geometry, how we're playing with foam combinations, what we're doing with the plates. Um, I think that's a really great example of where things are probably going to go next. I know that people are still experimenting with the foams and optimizing that stuff, but I think geometry and what it looks like is also going to play a really big part. And so that's just, it was very cool to see Puma experiment with that. Looks crazy too. I think, I think something interesting, you know, or something that I appreciate too with the Fast R is you two i didn't get to but you two sat down with laura healy from their lab to talk about the development of the shoe a little bit more and they were pretty candid that something this unique actually does fit a certain population of people better than others like they right do you you remember a little bit about what they said there and and want to recap that matt yeah and so what what they were talking about and let's see if i can only talk about what we're supposed to um, they did find that there's cert- even among their elite athletes, there are certain people that worked really, really well for, and then there's others where the deviate nitro elite or elite two is going to work better for. And that's okay because having some variety is good because each person's going to have different mechanics. That's totally fine. Um, I don't remember the exact specifics of who they said stuff would work for. I think there was some discussion that people that tend to, tended to land a little bit farther forward tend to do a little bit better. Um, just be- just because of the, the, why am I blanking on the foam type uh, in the forefoot? It's a nitro. It's P. Is it? It's, P, it's, it's nitrogen P-backs. infused P-backs. Nitrogen infused P-backs. Thank you very. Thank you. But yeah, so people tend to do a little bit better landing forward. But there's others who might as well. But that's that's the name of the game. Is you're probably not going to be able to make a shoe for everyone. So embrace that, and that's why every company has like one or two different mo- two or three different models out there. Or if they don't at the moment, they're certainly working on it. And DJ, well, I'm curious though, what was the shoe you were going to say that's not a super shoe that's unique? Oh, I was going to say the Cloud Monster. Oh, sure. From Tell On. Us. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's very rare when you have a shoe that's in the maximalist or Mac, Mac, oh my goodness, I can't speak, maximal category that is really high up, highly rockered. And then, like, usually when you think of a maximalist category, you think of a heavy shoe, easy day, things like that. I can turn over in that shoe. That shoe has quite a bit of responsiveness for the category. And I don't hesitate at all to do strides or do things like that in that shoe. I don't feel like I have to change. I It's got enough stability because the foam itself is a little bit firmer than some of the other shoes, even though there's plenty of it and it has that speedboard plate in there. I can take it on a couple different terrains. I feel stable under my feet and I can I can turn over. It's just a really versatile shoe for how high up it is. So that for the unique category for me was the Cloud Monster. This is this is good. It's required by Bach. We have to bring up on at least once every episode, right? Because it's favorite company. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's just holding out until he gets sent a pair of fetters. Yeah. That's all he wants. <laughs> That's, That's all, all he, he wants. really wants. Cool. Uh, any other ones that stick out as unique to to you both? I think the one for me uh, is I haven't ran in the newest version, 
but in but for the Adios Pro 2, I think that's one that feels quite unique to me from the from a lateral bias standpoint, <clears throat> the way that that compression happens. This is still available. You can buy the shoe, and it's actually on Wicked Sale right now. I think our audio engineer, BJ, just got a pair. But the way that this is cut out, you know, laterally has a lot more compression, and it really guides you on that outside, and this cutout, you know, is pretty well integrated. So, yeah, BJ just bought it for $125. Uh, so it's on on Wicked Sale. So it's still available. But I, I find this shoe to be a pretty unique design. I, I would agree in regards, especially looking at version 3, where it changed so drastically from version 2. I felt version 2, I felt like I could do 5Ks in them, and I did several of them. Um, but the geometry was very, very unique in that manner. Version 3 takes it in a different direction where they really take – kind of this goes into our next conversation about most stable in terms of the outsole flare and really trying to balance that out so it's going to work for a large variety of people. Anybody that had any rear foot instability with the version 2 could – it probably didn't do well. I think they fixed that with this one at the expense of making this into a really long distance shoe that really doesn't have the versatility to handle shorter stuff anymore. But it does really well with really long stuff. So it might work well for a lot of people looking for a marathon racer that they need something maybe a little bit safer that's not the most aggressive. It's still stiff. Um, and it's amazing it doesn't feel as aggressive despite still using some of this kind of crazy geometry here. And I got to give a shout out because this shoe, I have 60 plus miles in them and this is my left shoe and the outsole is still intact. I did not wow. get more than 40 miles out of any of the Audios Pro 2s, but that's just me. So <laughs> Cool. So uh, let's let's move into that next question. So what we're going to talk about next are the most stable racing shoes that are on the market right now. So this can, yes, include shoes that have dropped in 2022, but it can also be shoes that are just still available for purchase. So when you guys think about your top two or top three shoes, what's your podium? Three, two, one. Um, what do you what do you got for most stable racing shoes out there? Matt, why don't you start? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, and I've been thinking about this a lot, and this is obviously going to be up for interpretation. I think I got to give um, – I don't know if it's, it's necessarily the most stable, and I'm really curious to hear David's rebuttal of this, and I really want this because we need a different opinion on this. But one of the more stable ones I think is the Audios Pro 3 now. Um, I really like the Audios Pro 2 because it was very laterally biased for someone like me, but that's not going to work for everyone. Whereas I think the Audios Pro 3 fixed that with, excuse me, soul flare going both directions and helping center people a little bit better. So this is probably the safer long distance one, but the shoe that I keep reaching for when it's racing and I want to feel like my foot's locked in and I don't have to worry about anything is got, I don't have it with me, but the Endorphin Pro 3. What they've updated with that shoe, yes, the foam is much softer due to the max stack height, but the fact that they filled in the midfoot, so they used some geometry stuff, so that inner that midfoot is now filled in, unlike most shoes that cut it out. And then they have fairly high sidewalls on both the medial and lateral side with a really well-designed speed roll that just rolls you forward to me. And yes, I'm biased because that's also my shoe of the year right now. Um, that's the one that tends to lock my foot in the best, Spoiler over a variety alert. of distance. Sheesh. Yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> you feel out of all the super shoe, the entire lineup, like that's top two in stability? You know, you'll probably say something that, that will change my mind, but that's what I'm thinking about. I mean, 
So how are we defining super shoes? Because I would not categorize the Carbon X as as a super shoe because of the EVA foam. But that's just me. You can certainly sure. race in it, right? But and and I know Hoka has something coming that's going to change drastically change that. But in terms of a actual quote unquote super shoe, meaning it's got a new age foam. It's again, that's not EVA based. It's got a plate and it's got, yeah. I think that's kind of the biggest things, like especially the foam and that geometry and the, and the geometry, especially at the max stack height. I'm not counting the carbon X in their series in there. All right. Well, DJ, you go. What's DJ, your point? Like throw me under the like trash me. I want to hear this. This is, we need different opinions. Yeah. So what I heard was if it's EVA, not a super shoe. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to have all the components. You got to check all the boxes. So off. like, can I Someone can I rip give... in a two eleven in like a craft race rebel like that doesn't count? As... Gonna, no, it's I'm fine, gonna, but it's not. I'm going to give EVA. a rebuttal. Yeah, I'm going to give re- rebuttal to the EVA thing. If you can create an EVA that has the yeah, you know that's like compliance and or... yeah, if it has compliance and resilience that matches that of a super shoe uh, or of a PBAX base shoe, maybe then that would be considered a super shoe. I think it's more about the compliance and resilience properties of the foam rather than what it's made out of and so that i agree with because like let's say you take something like hyperburst or you take something that's a nitrogen infused or it's a co2 infused whatever aerated eva it could still have decreased density and increased resilience it doesn't if it's light enough and bound it has that resilience enough now to be fair with with uh dustin juberts with some of this the again it's only a small sample size right but a lot of the shoes that don't have those factors often don't tend that's but it's only for either either him or whatever or 12 people right so it's not a large enough sample size and based on some of the previous literature that's been proposed right they're going yeah the foam has the largest impact on those and i hear hear you both going Hey, if you can create an EVA based foam that has that resiliency, great. But have we really we seen, haven't seen that? It yeah, right. It might and exist. Just for those, for those but, of you who aren't aren't fully sure, Dustin Jobert, he's the one who who has done the research on yeah. comparing all of the different super shoes in his uh, in his lab uh, using the metabolic cart and doing all those things. So he has that published. So you can go find that research, and he's done a good number of shoes. And then he does a lot of. Uh, on his lab rat rundown on Instagram, you can check out his uh, personal testing that he does on himself. So it's really fun to follow his page because he's got he's got fun stuff going on. But let's go to DJ. What's your podium? DJ, for stable? throw me out, throw me out, toss me away. I want to hear it. Let's go. No, I have zero problems with the Audios Pro Three. I thought it was very stable. Almost, I think, <laughs> too much for you. No, it was the okay. upper, like that lateral oh. piece along the heel was digging into my foot to where it, oh, it like literally why. injured me. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Like right on the stitching. I, I have my pair. Oh, there it is. That's funny. Anyways, one of the few pairs I have like stranded out here, right on that cross stitch, like right here, oh, that's where the padding kind of comes in. Oh. Yeah. On my left side. I don't know if I was pronating or like my foot was moving alongside, like outside of the platform or whatever. Like the ride, everything else felt good. I didn't dislike the shoe, but it just like physically hurt me to run in it. So I can't, I couldn't run in it. Um, somehow I still got over 20 miles in them, but um, I still think it's a pretty stable shoe. I think they did a pretty good job with the geometry and the widening of the platform, how it collapses and loads onto the forefoot and having that wider base. I think it's a unique offering and I think it's still pretty stable, but I think my, my two picks, 
I have to say the Metaspeed Edge Plus, I feel very grounded in that shoe. I do feel like it's a wider base. I feel like the traction underfoot is pretty good. I feel like if I had to go off of the road, I could. Like for me, stability is all about confidence. And like, can I navigate turns? Can I do things? Like how stable do I feel in this shoe? And the Metaspeed Edge Plus certainly delivers that to me. So I think I have a lot of confidence with that shoe. The other one is actually kind of surprising. It would probably be the Alpha Fly 2. And wow. so um, I think the upper locks down pretty decently. There's a tiny bit of heel slippage, I think, in the heel. Like, you lock it down, it goes away. But um, the actual platform itself, if we're looking at Alpha Fly 1 and Alpha Fly 2, it's like the forefoot got widened out a tiny bit, and it got moved, I guess, proximally slightly on that little hoof portion there. So there's a little the bit heel, less of a yeah. gap. Yeah. They filled it in a little bit more, and there's a little bit more of a medial, not medial, but midline cutout right there. And the heel, I mean, it, when I put them side to side, they don't really look that different, but the heel feels a little bit wider underfoot. I don't know if that's just me, but there's also better usage of sidewalls, I think, as well, too, with the upper integration, where yeah. it doesn't cinch up as tight on the midfoot, and it's a little bit more of a continuous platform. And so another shoe that I feel pretty confident in, like I can do pretty much anything, and it did gain a little bit of weight. It was already a pretty heavy racing shoe, and it gained a little bit more, but... It seemed to be pretty negligible. I've ripped some pretty good workouts in this. So I don't know. I feel like it's still a pretty awesome offering. And I think, yeah, we'll see. This, cool. by the way, was the first time we got to hear a full, re- like a cl- close to a full review from David on the Outfly 2. He's the only one that has it. And so I've been chomping at the bit to hear this. So it's exciting. Yeah, that's our, when you say full review, you just that was the first any take. level of review. The first that was take. His, yeah, that's any the first level. take we got. Yeah. yeah I've just fun. ghosted these guys for about a week. So it's all <laughs> yeah, good. <been> moving. <laughs> that's what happens when you're moving. <laughs> yeah. So when we think about stability, you know, we, we talk about this all the time, but to just hammer it home a little more. Something being stable is not better. Something being stable does not mean that it pushes you a certain direction. Stability means that it allows you to move forward on the platform. For one person, for you to move forward, you might need something like the Audios Pro 2 that compresses more laterally and kind of like guides you on the outside of your foot. For someone to be more stable, this is maybe I'm gonna this is a huge stretch. For something to be more stable for someone else, you might need something like the Vaporfly Next Percent 2 that allows you to just kind of like though. just kind yeah. of like push forward through the inside because there's you, you can fall off this thing easily in a potentially good way for somebody. So stability doesn't necessarily mean that it pushes you one way or another, but a more stable platform is going to be something that's a little bit uh, more accommodating for all different types of, of motion patterns. Um, and then when we talk about stability, we try to specify in what direction. Matt, you're chomping at the bit. What do you got? I, I do have to note on, because people have apt, probably heard me talk about the New Balance Fuel Cell RC Elite 1, given the lateral outsole flare worked very, very well for anybody that tended to supinate a little bit too much. And for whatever reason, it was a lot of Masters runners that I was working with that just tended to toe off way too hard on the lateral aspect. Um, the In terms of, Nathan, what you just mentioned, one of the shoes that I've had some success with just recently, in that regard, it doesn't work for someone like me, but the Metaspeed Sky Plus works very well for that because there's a very strong lateral sidewall. There's a lot of very strong lateral outsole flare um, that might work for people um, that go too far lateral. But want to emphasize what you're talking about, that when we say stability, maybe sometimes guidance is a better word. It's just how do we, how do we keep the foot centered and not driving you too far one way? Yeah, I totally agree. Sorry, hijacking conversation. No, that's great. Um, 
I, I do want to do a step down conversation from this because the reality, one of the reasons we talk about stability with super shoes is because of how high stack they are, how soft some of these foams get that does create inherent instability. It's like balancing on one foot on hard ground is easier than balancing on one foot on top of a huge foam platform or a BOSU ball or whatever, some kind of compliant surface. You're going to get inherent instability, which requires more demand from stabilizing muscles. So let's just say you're one of these people who really has a lot more success in shoes such as like the Adrenaline GTS or something that's given you a lot of stable structure, kind of like a, a, a much more structured shoe. Of these shoes, let's just say they can't handle any of these racing shoes. What would be your step-down shoes that are still fast, but but maybe not quite as fast feeling and not as aggressive, but really good options? What what do you guys have for that? I've got a couple. I, but Are you intentionally leading me in, into this? <laughs> oh, does, does it have to be PIBA-based? No, it can be anything. Oh, yeah. David, go first. I want to hear this. Well, I think the Cloud Monster. I think that gives you wow. plenty of stack and responsiveness and fluidity for long miles, and you can just literally go and bounce off of that shoe for quite a while. Cool. I think it's a pretty awesome shoe. Um, another shoe for people that are sensitive to like real soft, compliant foams. I mean, I've been a real big fan of the A6 Evo Ride Three as well as the Trinusa Fourteen. Yeah. Yep. Very fluid runs. I did twelve miles this morning in my Nusas and. I, I like them. They're very rhythmic. They get going. I mean, there's not a, as much stack, but I mean, again, if you're sensitive to that, it could be a, a real offering and it keeps some of the weight down based on some of the things they do with it. I mean, it's just lighter materials in general. So, yeah. Matt, uh, what do you got? I'm going to have to go with the Saucony Tempest um, for multiple reasons. Again, for those, especially if someone is like an adrenaline wearer or something like that, and you're like, you know, I really want to have something a little faster. But I can't step down into these unstable forms. I need at least a little bit of something. The Tempest, being that was why it was designed, right? So it's 8.9 ounces for men's size 9, which is really light for it being a pretty solid, true stability shoe, right? And so the way they've done stability is a little different, right? They've integrated a Power Run PB, so a PIBA foam in the center. And then they're using Power Run EVA-based on the side to act like very significant guide rails. And it's integrated super well. So people that have motion issues either direction are going to probably do really well on this shoe. And I was really surprised. Uh, Nathan and Andrea are both very sensitive to stability shoes. Like, Nathan, you've gotten injured from stuff we've gotten in the past before. And <laughs> you actually, yeah. yeah, from other stability shoes. And you did, both of you did really well in the Tempest, which, again, was this is, great. This is actually one of those shoes that, like, if, I, if I'm if i taking one shoe somewhere, it's the Tempest. Um, yeah. Like, I just went to Colorado, and this was the shoe I brought with me. To, to run with because i you can you can kind of do whatever and it just i i've been having i'm coming off of a stress fracture and so having something like this in my current because of the nature of my stress fracture right. it's been a really good it's been a really good fit for me so it's been my go-to i'm going to add one more shoe to this conversation um and it's the topo specter um mm-hmm. i think that that's Great another option. one of those options because it has a pbax core so it's got this softer core but Similarly to what they did with the Tempest, except there's a lot more, you know, PBAX based foam in the that, Tempest yeah. than there is in the Spectre. Uh, you do have a PBAX core and then the full thing is a rim of EVA around the outside. And I ran a half marathon in this this spring and it pops along. It just rolls really yeah. nice. and You get a nice bounce. It's a little bit firmer, so you don't get a lot of that mushiness, but you, you just get a nice geometry, no plate but still rel- stiff enough to really, you know, use the geometry and what it, what it's set up to do. So I'm going to add the Topo Spectre to that list. 
And I, I know, again, you mentioned there's no, sorry, I, I'm used to raising my hand, even though no one ever calls on me. Um, Actually, hold on. Before you go, I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off. I was thinking about potential apparel ideas and maybe we just get a, a one of Matt's, like a silhouette of him with his finger up. <laughs> That's one of the shirts that we sell. <laughs> The upsetting part is that I know our listeners would actually buy that, and that would just be like more embarrassing for me. <laughs> like, oh my god, I think I'd go and die. And like, I'm the first person I see wearing that, I'm like, who is that on your? Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you go. What, what were you uh, going to say? Uh, for the listeners, please remember that just because it has a plate doesn't necessarily make it faster. The plates are really, you know, they're they're there for helping to facilitate motion, whether it be stabilizing the foam or uh, you know directing the foot in a certain way. And we're seeing a variety of uses for that. It doesn't necessarily improve economy. And I know people are going to upset for that. There were some older studies that said maybe 1% at most. But you don't necessarily need to have a plate for a shoe to be fast. I think a lot of people are going to do well in something like the Saucony Tempest or the Topo Spectre. Because we do know that not not everyone responds well to a more stiff shoe. And that's what plates do. Because not everybody may be doing that speed. But David, go. Yeah, and I think too, like to piggyback off the whole variety thing, and like not everyone's going to do well with plates. Well, not everyone's going to do well with certain last shapes and also platform shapes. And so, like if you take a look at something like the Spectre and the Tempest, in my eyes, very similar shoes. However, if you look at the platform itself, they're very different. And so, the Spectre is much more narrow through the heel and the midfoot. It's a little bit wider compared to some of the other performance shoes, but it's still. Much more narrow. Yeah, exactly. Much more of a wide base. And so for some people, let's say they're sensitive to power and PB. I love the Tempest, by the way. I think it definitely deserves a place in this conversation. But you could look at a shoe like the Mach 5 as well, where it's a little bit like still grounded. It's a little bit still of a softer ride, still snappy, still has some performance, but it doesn't have quite the softness of, say, power MPB or a P-backs-based foam. And they can still get something with some resilience and some balance, but without having to feel like they're on something soft that they don't respond quite well to. And I think the Tempest does a good job of creating that guidance, but some people still might have a hard time with that. Yep. So if they want something similar to that, but just not with without that new generation foam, they can do that with the Mach 5 as they, well. That's a, that's a great, I'm glad, thank, I'm glad you brought that up. Mach 5 is definitely one of those shoes that people really seem to gravitate towards for a variety of reasons too. The, the last shoe I'm going to bring up from a stability standpoint is not a new one, uh, but it's the original Deviate Nitro Elite that I, I felt like that platform was a little bit, felt a little bit more grounded and was a little bit kind of just more traditional, not super aggressive. And I felt like the plate was flexible enough. The The new version, which I've been able to run in, is a little bit stiffer through the forefoot, has a little bit more of aggressive rocker. Um, they modified the upper a little bit. So it's a little bit different. But that first one, which is hard to get your hands on. That's why it's hard to sometimes talk about the Puma shoe because it's, yeah. it's tough to get your hands on them. But uh, but I, I would say that that could fit into the first question about most stable shoes uh, that are meant for racing. Yeah, we've had a lot of people about a year out now that's just some of that the Deviate Natural Elite is just becoming available in certain areas. I know it's been available, but like certain people just getting their hands on it. Lots of really good feedback from people going, wow, this is really a comfortable shoe. And it's been really good for a lot of people. So find what works for you. It's good stuff. Any other thoughts on the stability question before we move on? Yeah, remember, it doesn't have to have a post to be stable. I think that's what we've learned the last several years is the way that you, you can have a post and still be unstable. So just 
it's going to cut. There's a lot of unique aspects to what makes a shoe stable for one person and not for another one. So it's a lot about learning what work, what might work for your body. And even do you even need that in the first place? So our, our, we're not trying to make stability the hop topic. We're going for those that need it. How can you find it as that phrase and what it means changes and certain people don't need it. And so if you say, Hey, we're like, Hey, this is a super stable shoe. Maybe you take that as a warning, right? If yeah. for that kind of person. So right. remember, it always depends on the unique aspects of the individual. All right. We are on to just the fun part. This is the, maybe the art part of the art and science, just cause it's all about, all about you guys and what you think your, your favorite things are. So we're doing our podium. You can do top two, or you can give a bronze medal for your top three racers of 2022 so far. What do you got? Who's ready? You should, I think you should. I'm ready, but you should. For I think David should go first because he looks uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like this question. Go, David. Go. I'm putting you on the spot. I love this question. Let's go. Don't go oh, ahead. You go first. Man, I don't like this question at all. I like so many shoes. <laughs> you want me to go first? Are we going to do like short distance versus long distance? Or are we going to let's start? Let's overall, make you sweat and pick overall. your pick your top three. Just just top three. Then, let it let it rip. I mean, I got a note yep. from Casper we'll, saying whatever I want. So, I mean, I, I could ride with that. <laughs> ride with it. That's fine. Because there's there's multiple shoes, I think, that I, I might reach for in different situations. Okay, let's hear so it. So, to narrow it down to two, I'm like, I don't know. If I'm going long distance right now, I think just off the top of my head, the two that I feel the most comfortable going long in, I'm going to go with either the Alpha Fly 2 or the Metaspeed Edge Plus. Those two work really well for me. My mechanics just roll with them. I feel I feel good. I feel like I can go for a while. Um, the edge is it's a very competitive shoe. I mean, it's seven point four ounces. You know, it's right in that seven ounce range, like a lot of other shoes. I believe it's right around that thirty nine millimeters of stack in the in the heel, and was yep. like an eight millimeter drop, a little bit more yep. forgiving than say yep. the Metaspeed uh, Sky Plus. So, I mean, it's still max stack height, and it feels very grounded. I feel good in it. And the same goes for the Alpha Fly Next Percent 2. And it's funny because that shoe with the Next Percent 2, you alluded to this in the Audios Pro 3, it doesn't feel as fast to me. Like, I don't know if I would quite reach for it for a 5K. Like, the other one I knew right away, I was like, oh, I can run 5K in this. Whereas, like, this one, it just feels a little bit more reserved. However, I feel a little bit more comfortable in it. And so I feel like I can go the full marathon in this, where with the Alpha Fly, I felt like I could really only go about half, and I'd be rolling the dice if I went full, um, just because of how it affected my foot. And so um, if we're looking at short distance, though, I do love the bounce. I love the ride of the Endorphin Pro 3. I do think it's a very fun shoe, but I do have a little bit of translation through my midfoot, and I just kind of struggle with it as I go farther out. And so... Mm. It's one of those shoes where I think like I could definitely rip a 5k in that shoe. And I think I could, I, you could rip a marathon in that shoe too. I think just for my own personal needs, I think it's going to be more that like 5k, 10k, maybe half marathon, that half marathon distance is going to get fuzzy. Like that's going to be a real hard decision for me to make, but, um, that one. And then also the fast art from Puma, I feel like I can really turn over and run, run pretty darn fast in that shoe if I need to. So like for short distances, I think those two. And the long distances, the other two. I'm so actually I got kind out of, of surpri- that question. I'm surprised you didn't say Takumi Sen eight. You know, I'm I'm also like a half size up, and the shoe already kind of runs long uh, as is. Gotcha. Because um, he has one of my one of the my pairs. Yeah, I yeah, love gotcha. it. I would. I think I would just need to have it a little bit more true to size to feel comfortable, like really pushing off that forefoot. 
I don't know if I'm levering off it quite as well as I should be, but, um, but it's a really good shoe. I mean, like really good shoe. So I would, yeah. Cool. Matt, what do you got? What's your podium? All right. So I, I'm going to stick with two. I have one of them here for those again, listening. I'm in the mountains right now. I'm up in Wrightwood trying to get some L2 training and get away and focus on my dissertation. But the two top shoes, and this is actually very close. So the Endorphin Pro 3 was a it was such a massive update. I'm really loving almost everything about that shoe. And so that's my top one. And I don't have it with me because I was saving it at home after I did a workout on it in, on Friday. But the the Asics Metaspeed Edge Plus is a very, very close second. I really am enjoying this shoe. And they're, they're different. So the Edge for me is a solid roller. I like the foam. I can turn over in it pretty well, um, even at shorter efforts. But the the bounciness of the pro, the new bounciness Pro Three kind of wins over in that that sh- that shorter effort type stuff. So I agree with David. Like five k to half marathon, the Endorphin Pro Three. Uh, well, probably five k to ten k Endorphin Pro Three for sure. But you start getting into some of the longer stuff. That's where. I'm going to have a little bit harder time deciding just because I trust the Metaspeed Edge Plus so much. Um, I've used it for like 14, 16-mile long runs. It had no issue. Durability is phenomenal. Um, it's wearing in the – I know that looks bad, but it's the normal exposed uh, uh, flight foam turbo. Usually it's torn up, but the, this stuff stays durable forever, which is where I normally rip stuff apart. So just the way they updated this shoe – it just feels so comfortable underfoot. It feels like it warms up with me. The fit is finally true to size, which is really nice compared to the old ones. And just the geometry and how they've set this up has been really good. Yes, the midfoot is a little narrow. They have compensated for that with a small sidewall. But I think the way what's unique in my mind with how well the shoe is rockered overall, because I'm studying Masters Runners right now, it's just something that I think of going, hey, Masters runners tend to shorten up their stride. They tend to use a little bit higher cadence. And that's where something like this works really, really well. Whereas where I'm when I'm really lengthening my stride and moving a little bit faster, the Endorphin Pro 3 is is or is where I'm gonna go for. So these two are very close. Um I think the bounciness and that that midfoot makes me choose the Endorphin Pro 3 just a little bit more, but these are really close. And top two, very you know, really enjoying both from both these companies. I think they did a great job. Yeah, just to piggyback off that too, like the Endorphin Pro 3 has so much bounce to it. It reminds me a lot of the Alpha Fly 1 for me. Yeah. It like ripped my oh, stride wow. open and like it makes me want to run fast. However, I don't know how long I can keep that up. Whereas yeah. like the Edge Plus, it feels a little bit more rhythmic. It's something that I can just kind of settle in and keep running fast. Like it's still very responsive, but I can keep a rhythm and I can take it longer, I think. Yeah. And yeah. I've taken both, I think, at workouts of greater than 8 to 10 miles, I think, at this point. And I think, yeah, they're they're both really good options, but they, they just have different experiences. The other way I would describe it would be the Endorphin Pro 3 is scary good, where sometimes, like, I'm slightly afraid. How do I say this without sounding well, bad? Well, that's like the Alpha <laughs> like, Fly for me. Like Alpha yeah, Fly it's, like, like, it's like so good, I'm afraid to use it because I, like, I don't, like don't know if I'm able to control it, right? It's that bouncy. Whereas the Edge Plus, I know what I'm getting into and I trust it. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Does that sound bad? I love the Endorphin no, Pro 3. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. put it bad. That, but, that's yeah. how I felt about Alpha Fly 1. I remember writing yeah. that in the review that like, it's gonna, it like, like really elongated my stride. And if like if you can't control that, that can be yeah. a problem. But if you can control it, you can run really fast. Yeah. 
It's also and that so, it ruins other shoes for me. So there's that too. So if I if I had to pick some shoes, so full disclosure, I haven't been able to run in most of most of these shoes from this year. I haven't asked for them to be seated to me just with kind of the type of training I'm in and stuff. I wouldn't be able to do them justice from a review standpoint. Um, but from a short distance perspective, my pick would be the fast R as well. It's just fun to pick up the pace in it in, in it's super lightweight. And I like the booty upper too. Like I think for a, a, one of those, you know, for the shorter distance stuff, I love something that really hugs the foot. And this one does that really well. And it has the same upper as the original or with it, with a couple extra overlays from the power tape, but it, it has the same as the original, as the original nitro elite. And it's nice and thin and, I really like how it feels. So I love that locked in feel and you just really pop off this thing. And the forefoot is a really bouncy forefoot, which is really fun. So I would say that would be my, my choice for short distance. Honestly, right now for long distance, if I was going to go run a marathon today, I wouldn't even put on a super shoe, even a half marathon. Like I wouldn't put on any of these super shoes. I'd probably wear something like, um, the Tempest. That's what I've just been putting most of my miles in. So I would just pull that shoe and go go run it because you know if i ran my best half marathon right now i'd probably run like a 715 7 to seven fifteen pace uh and i feel more comfortable in rhythm with a shoe that's not as aggressive uh at those paces for me but i yeah i think tempest right now but i haven't got with with the stress fracture honestly it's it's hard to know like what shoe do i trust right now but i think the answer is the tempest um so what do you got matt we get this question all the time, either through private message, through email, through comments on YouTube. People are asking us, hey, what's the best shoe? What should I go run my marathon in? And our answer every time is going to be, what shoe are you most confident and comfortable in? Yeah. It doesn't matter what shoe is fastest for other people. Okay. doesn't matter what shoe is testing the best for economy-wise on in a certain population. You need to find something that's comfortable for you that you've been training in. Yeah. Especially for a marathon distance, because that's a long time. It's going to feel great for probably a half marathon to up to 18 miles, and then everything's going to hit the fan, and what you're most comfortable with is going to carry you those last eight miles. Go back to the podcast episode with Corey Hoffman, and he talks yeah. about the easiest thing to measure is performance, but the easiest, thing, hardest thing to predict in like the what goes into performance, that's the hardest thing. And so right. there's so many factors that go into race day that you just can't predict it with a one one factor like a shoe. Right. So I th- actually, the other one that I would add in there is the Trinusa 14. That shoe, I just felt so safe and like comfortable in and... I, th- I actually think that if I went to run a half marathon today, I would put that shoe on in a heartbeat. That would be the one over the Tempest. Um, it's just, it just, it's so simple. It's EVA. It's one slab of slightly rockered, slightly flexible, Still but slightly stiff. rigid. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, you can also wear it sockless. Very, very rhythmic shoe. Yeah. Yeah. You can wear it sockless. That was another, uh, Another, I had a couple ideas for apparel today. One had to do with sockless running. One had to do with more heel bevel. One had to do with uh, art and science. And one yeah. had to do with, oh, what was the other one? Oh, I can't remember. It's can, it's, can, it, can it be worn sockless? Yes or no? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we'll get some, maybe we'll do a, uh, I want to do, what I want to do is pull everybody that follows Docs of Running and do like a design contest. And see oh, who can design fun. the best like DOR inspired shirt for something. I think that'd be fun. 
All right, but let's let's move on to our last question here for the night, and it's what are you looking forward to for the rest of 2022, both from shoes coming out, but also maybe just thinking about podcast in general, you know, being on our 100th episode, if there's something that you're like, hey, I really hope we do this moving forward, what, what would you say it would be? Either a shoe you're looking forward to or something with the podcast you want to do. I, my hope is to is to do, is to continue to master. I think what the purpose of Doctors of Running is, and what we hope to do a lot of times with this podcast is to help make better connections between consumers and the running industry, and to keep helping people be the best they can be. Whether it's consumers and runners looking to go, how can I? you know, get better? How can I make better shoe decisions? How can we, we were talking about training too. How can I make better training decisions to keep me healthy, but also how can we stimulate conversation in the footwear world with companies and having them go, you know what, there's these cool design ideas, but we need to remember how the human body works and what may or may not be optimal for there. And certainly, yes, we can push some stuff, but we got to respect the human body, especially when it comes to health and it comes to injury. I'm not going to say reduction, but potentially and we can't even say this, this is hard enough, but like prevention, right? Prevention is this kind of sh- term that we can't ever really achieve, but how can we respect the body while we try to keep improving performance? And I think that's something we very uniquely have been able to provide. And I hope we continue to not only provide it, but to continue to provide it in a better way each and every week and going asking how can we get better and if anybody has ideas that's why we always say please comment because we're trying to grow too and it's really we're trying to grow for all of you that's why we do this yeah yep dj what do you got any ideas anything you're looking forward to yeah i'm just looking forward to i mean to me the running community is so beautiful and i think just building that community building those social relationships and just bridging the gap between whether it be medical professionals, whether it be CEOs, CEOs, product engineers, footwear science, biomechanists, and recreational runners, whether they are running, you know, 10 miles a week or they're running 100 miles a week, you know, I think this sport is one of those sports where it really brings a lot of people together of a lot of different ability levels and everyone has the same appreciation for what it is that we do. And so I'm just looking forward to continuing to build those relationships and just to mm-hmm. continue marching that forward, whether it be with um, people on the product side or whether it be with athletes, whether it be with our own fan base, maybe we'll be able to be able to do a certain thing where we can reach out and actually discuss and speak with our own fan base. And so um, I'm looking more. Yeah, I think I'm just excited for the relationship side of it. And it's really exciting to see how this has grown in such a quick amount of time. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's quite humbling and it's just, it's awesome. You know, it's like you go pretty much every race I go to and I get recognized now and it's like insane. Like I would have not thought about that in a couple of years and like everyone's a fan of it. Everyone is so excited to just talk about like, yeah, man, like I tune in, like I watch and like they're not just making decisions on shoes, but they're also tuning in to the topics and all the things and like just using this as an educational platform. So yeah. It's it's really cool to see that growth, and I'm just excited to see continue to educate, continue to advance, and continue to improve. Yeah, I think I'm I'm looking forward to something pretty similar. I I really hope that as we kind of keep moving forward, that we do find ways to increase the voices in the conversation from people who are following, whether that's through actually being in here or being able to be audience or interacting. I'm sure there's ways that we can increase that a little bit more. I know that people have learned how to do like live podcasts where people can be asking questions live. You know, all this stuff is, the hard part is just we don't 
have the time to really figure that out and, and hammer it down just because we're doing this on the side of full-time jobs and for Matt and I were both in school and doing jobs and for you you're like getting married and you know full-time job and moving you know so we've always life happens life's going on so but I, I am excited to just get to know the community more and and see where it goes funny how none of us said we're looking forward to a specific shoe which is fine because shoes just come what's up matt i i do all right so there's there's i'm hoping i get surprised with some other stuff but there are three shoes that i'm really looking forward to trying so the first one is the Saucony endorphin shift three because I've really enjoyed that shoe, and I'm curious to see what they did, because it looks like mm-hmm. the weight has dropped, geometry's gone crazy, so I'm really curious to see what happens with that. Uh, the other shoes that I'm looking forward to is the Puma Deviate Nitro Elite 2. I think they did such a good job with the original. I'm really curious to see what happens with the next version. Um, and the last one that I'm really interested in is the New Balance Fuel Cell. I'm going to say this wrong. Because they changed the the verbiage, right? It's it's the SC Elite, yeah, the Super SC Elite. Elite, the Super yeah. Elite. I really want to see. We've seen photos of it. I want to see what they did and what they changed. Just because, especially after our conversation with New Balance and this shoe, kind of changed. I think some of the thinking on both training and racing shoes, and just again, companies are experimenting with things like geometry and all kinds of stuff, and it's. I have a lot of respect now kind of seeing what they're doing from a research perspective and going, how do we make this better? And also acknowledging that the research part isn't perfect. And that's part right. of doing research. It is dirty and messy and it's not perfect. We try to do that as best as, as possible. But to see companies trying and going, let's let's do this. We're going to experiment and just try things. I'm really curious to see what's what's happening. So, Well, New Balance you got one more Rebel thing? 3. Oh, the Rebel 3. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I'm point. excited for. That's what I'm excited um, for. Me too. Rebel 3. Yeah, I'll add that to my list. Number too. one on my list right now. I love it. I'm in for that. Everyone, thank you for tuning in for the 100th episode and kind of the first episode of the Doctors of Running podcast. Been really fun to reminisce a little bit on the first 100 episodes uh, and think about the future and talk about some of the most fun shoes that come out on the market today. Again, remember, we have the giveaway going on. It's from Running Warehouse. So if you want to enter, you just got to comment below with the subjective, which is what is your favorite super shoe of 2022 so far, or which one are you looking forward to trying if you haven't gotten one yet that you want to get your hands on. So if you comment below, or again, if you email us at doctorsrunningpodcast at gmail.com, that contest will be open for a week. We'll close on the 19th and we'll reach out to the winner and you'll get a free pair of shoes, which is pretty sweet. DJ, you have one more thing? I do. We should do a taco mile. Like a beer mile, but you have to down a taco every lap. I love First it. First one to finish wins. Do it at a track that's public. That, set it up. That sounds a lot worse than a beer mile. <laughs> Do they get... Only if you can't down tacos. Does each one get more hot? <laughs> like each one has a little bit hotter oh, of a sauce kinda, on kinda it? Oh, kind of like a That'd be hot fun. wings type like situation. Like hot wings. Yeah, yes. you should do that. Oh, man. That's, Let's that's do rough. that. No, I don't know. Because then that, that... I don't know. That's the other shirt idea I had was something with David and tacos, like a taco time shirt with like a running shoe. Yeah, that would be good. I think it should be like the like incredible amount of hot sauce. So then you get the running with true GI stress at the same time to go, who's really the toughest person (laughs) out there? there? There's more to tacos than spicy, though. Like that's where it's true. 
I'm just it's trying true. to add the, to the distress because you don't have the carbonation. Maybe from it's beer. like one of each, unless you're yeah. vegetarian, then it's like potato, veggie, potato, veggie, or something, or fish if you're pescatarian. I don't I know. Think, I think this I'm is a great to... idea, and let's let's keep this conversation going at another time. <laughs> <laughs> do the people want to talk a mile? That's what I they want to know. They probably do. If you Changing want to let the us subjective know, here. We'll make it happen. It'll be a it'll be an event and you just have to record yourself. It can be virtual from anywhere. You just have to show you eating every taco. Um anyway. I'd like to so, put a disclaimer out that we are not encouraging like just if any health issues that come about because you try this, we are not responsible for, right? So like <laughs> Great. I also love getting yeah. Everyone, thank you for tuning in for the 100th episode of the Doctors of Running podcast. Thank you again to BJ, our audio engineer, and to Bach for getting the word out about all of this. Thank you to all of you for following. Again, please enter the contest. We really are excited to give away a free pair of shoes. It's really fun. And if you want to follow what we're doing, you can see us at doctorsofrunning.com. Check out our Instagram at doctorsofrunning and our Facebook, Twitter, etc., etc., LinkedIn, and Pinterest, of course. And we will talk to you all next time. Uh